right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. F that. You don't got time for that. All right? Let's go. Break it. Break it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. I am glad to be back hey. sitting in front of a microphone. I'm back. I'm sort of not glad to be back. I had what? a fun time down oh. in Texas. Had a great time seeing my family. Um, my family. I, uh, Me and my family. <laughs> Brian Kelly ruined me saying that phrase, by the way. Family. Um, yeah, I went jet skiing, played golf, you know. My mom always makes great food, so it's nice to be. So, you know, it, it was a fun time. Um, but I'm glad to be back in terms of the... Um, I don't know. Sometimes it's good to get back into an everyday day to day, but like, oh yeah, the equipment, and like the familiarity of everything. Yeah, you know, just sounding normal on a microphone. Yep, that's yep. nice. That's oh, nice. That's great. Yes. No, I'm happy you're back too. Yes. Uh, RCST is brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery. Check them out in Lawrence. There was some big news over the weekend. Marcus Adams Jr. is officially out at Kansas. Who? Marcus Adams Jr. is out of where? He is out of Lawrence at this point. He uh. Originally came in, he was, you know, I guess the the whole recruiting story of him turning up to Kansas was an interesting one to begin with. Ends up picking KU, kind of a, a last minute thing that, that comes up. Um, uh, I mean, reclassified at the last. Yeah, year. reclassed yeah. at the last moment from uh, Narbonne High School in, in Harbor City, California. Six foot eight, big wing, kind of profiled him so, to being like. hold on. You're, you're California. Where is, yeah. What is that? Where is that? It's in Southern California. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he is on the 24-7 sports rankings, ranked 48th in the country. So, like, obviously came in, high four-star recruit, all this stuff. And I think all the way through, like, you know, we, we've had conversations a lot, and I think we had actually settled before this happened that uh, maybe he would be the favorite for the eighth man in the rotation, right? Like, but... He was going to be in the discussion, probably. Yes, but all that conversation was over, like, could you possibly be the eighth man where you're maybe getting 10 minutes per game? I think we both believed in him, him long-term, that he would be like a long-term real player for KU. You didn't totally know what the expectation was going to be in year one. Uh, But over the weekend, I believe just yesterday, he uh, took to Twitter and posted, um, I would like to request a release from my national letter of intent in order to find out where I truly belong. It was a hard decision. I decided it would be best for me mentally and for my family. I will reopen my recruitment as well. Thank you, and please respect my decision. Do you respect his decision? Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. There's some people do, online do, who are not respecting his decision. You, you got to do what's best for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the issue you run into here is like, I think sometimes guys maybe don't realize the timing of this. Like, there's just... There's not going to be very many schools that are going to be in a position to take you on in maybe a role that you want to be or in maybe a situation that you want to be. And, you know, and li- but listen, I get it. You know, if you're in a, if you are in a spot where it's like very obviously not where you're supposed to be, then timing kind of goes out the window. Like you just, at the end of the day, you just got to do what's, 
make the best decision for yourself, right? And then, you know, if that happens to be now when you might have a hard time, but that's a future problem, right? If, if, you, if you need to get out, you need to get out, period. But, yeah, I think uh, I think you and I did both both agree that Marcus Adams was the guy who could be become a really good role player. I mean, there's no question that he had scoring ability. I mean, we saw it in the scrimmage uh, that they had earlier in the summer at the as part of their camp, and uh, there's that was definitely sort of his biggest upside was going to be his scoring ability. And, you know, as a dynamic type of that kind of player. Uh, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if, it, if it, the fit's not there, the fit's not there. And so, and it's tough. I mean, dude, I'm sure anybody who has gone to college or has, you know, basically been in a situation where, you know, you, you finish high school or whatever, you turn 18, and then you have to, you move, and you're going to go somewhere or whatever, far away from family and whatnot. Everybody has those thoughts, man, of like, dude, this sucks. This is probably not the best place for me, whatever, right? And sometimes it, sometimes it's maybe just a thing where you just got to give yourself a little bit of a break and, and lock back in, but other times maybe it is legitimately not the right place for you. And that may have been the case with Mark, Marcus Adams. Mm-hmm. From a Kansas basketball standpoint, I don't think really this heavily impacts KU that much right now. Uh, like like we said, he was going to be a guy who was probably going to compete for that eighth spot in the rotation, if that. And there was a couple other guys that are going to be in that conversation as well. So, it, you know, uh, I, I don't think it really hurts KU that much in the short term. And I, I guess we'll see what happens with Marcus Adams. But I don't, I'm not really too concerned about KU in the long term either, to be honest. Uh, and that's not to say that I don't think Marcus Adams can be a great player or could have been a great player at KU. I just think that KU will probably be fine regardless. Uh, and for Marcus Adams, I just hope him the best. I mean, again, if if KU wasn't the right place for him, it wasn't the right wasn't the right place for him. And if he figured that out now, and that's the time he needed to to make the move, then I get it. And certainly, I want to see him be successful wherever he goes. Uh, I you know, in terms of his skill set with the scoring and uh, maybe the fact that he had played in a league. I don't. He didn't play in like the traditional. Uh, you know, AAU circuit or whatever, right? Uh, so didn't necessarily play against elite competition when he was in high school. Uh, I don't know how much that affected him, you know, going from something like that and also being a guy who reclassed coming to KU. Uh, you know, that's, again, that's a lot to throw at a guy who is that young. And, you know, I just hope that he does find, I hope that A, he's able to find a school that, that will take him in. I don't know. I don't know how the reclassification system works. Could he just go back to class of 2024 if he wanted to? Is that something he could do? Uh, that's a good question. I don't think so. He's been practicing with the team. I, I don't know if that would imply so he like, that he's like enrolled in college. I know, see, that's at this what point. I don't understand. Is like in summer classes. How can he get out of his NLI if he's already like on the team? Yeah, at this point, does he have to technically like, transfer, does he have to transfer? Right. I guess if you never play a game, but like, I, I at what point does it start? That's a wonderful question. I don't know. Yeah, that, that probably makes for an interesting journey for him that he's going to have yeah. to you know, try uh, you know, to get some appeals with the NCAA. We're, neither of us are, I think, well-versed enough in the doldrums of the NCAA rulebook to know exactly. But that is, you know, maybe I don't know if that influenced the the timing of the decision or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It might have. I Yeah, I, I don't totally know how that works. So, I mean, I definitely think it is a big loss long-term because I did view this guy as, as being – 
you know, by the time he's a sophomore, junior, being somebody who could have been like an all-conference player for you. Uh, but it was going to take some time. It was going to take some work. You know, the high school he was at and the competition he was playing, it was a a bigger jump to Kansas basketball than, than maybe some other guys that, that you typically bring aboard. And that was okay. I still think there's athleticism and scoring and, and potential for Marcus Adams. But maybe for him he thought he was closer to playing that big role right away. I mean, you look back to the article that Treyas Lotta posted when he interviewed him after committing to KU, and there was talk from Marcus Adams about being a one-and-done. And that's not totally unique to Marcus Adams or really any freshman. I mean, no. a lot of these guys don't ever say it publicly, but it but is. But they all think that. Exactly. Like, even if you're, I don't know, honestly, like, if you if you ask Jamari McDowell, I don't know, he seems to be a pretty, like, level-headed guy. Um, but he'd be like, probably like, oh, if I could be a one and done, of course I'd do it, right? I, mean, oh, I, re- yeah. I remember Ernest Duday last year coming into the year, and, and that. I felt, mean, I think you if know. you're a guy who is a legitimate, you know, five star, upper four star level talent, yeah, that almost has to be your mentality. You believe in yourself, yes. That right? almost has to be a situation where you say, you know what, I'm gonna go do, I'm gonna go to college for one year. And I'm going to be playing in the NBA mm-hmm. the next year. Like yeah. you just have to have that mentality. Yeah, and on one hand, I don't blame you because exactly. you have to have that confidence to be successful at high level sports. The other hand, though, is like, well, sometimes it's it's good to have a level head and, and understand these things that you're not getting ahead of yourself and, and removing yourself from a good situation. Which I I don't know. May, maybe there's there's something there. Like I I do think long term. Like I said, he could have been a real player. So you hope that you're not cutting yourself short there just for the gain of trying to get more minutes right away. Um, but also, it does make you wonder if, you know, what was the – because we, we know there's a difference between the recruiter Bill Self and the coach Bill Self. And I think Bill Self is is honest when he talks to recruits and tells oh, yeah. them that, I mean, yeah, I'm going to coach you hard. Everybody that has ever spoken about Bill Self who has played for him or been recruited by him has said that he's one of the more straight shooters yes. in all of college basketball when it comes to this is who you are, this is what you're going to be, you yeah. know, this is how I think you can profile out. Well, it's like, it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, if I'm talking to someone, let's say I have to get like a root canal or something, you know, I'm going to talk to that person and be like, oh man, I have to get a root canal. And they're going to be like, yeah, it sucks. It's not very fun. And I'm going to, I'm going to hear that and I'm going to understand it. But then when you actually go get the root canal, you're going to be like, wow, that really did suck. You know? Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's what it's like. Oh, it's I've like been there. Bill Self's Dude, gonna, I got an implant. Oh, I've, I've, okay. I yeah. got an implant last two years no ago. Fun. Horrible. Yeah. And I have no to get fun, a right? second one next Ugh. month tough it's terrible very tough so yeah that's like with with recruiting bill self shoots you straight he's like hey this is gonna be hard i'm gonna coach you hard uh you know we don't we don't give anything to anybody you're gonna have to compete for everything you earn and that's all true but it's another thing when you actually get there because in the back of your mind you're like oh i'm gonna kick all these guys but and then you get in and you're playing against some of these guys and you're not used to playing on this level of basketball and maybe you're getting your butt kicked. And for some guys, they respond certain way. Like, shoot, man, Joel Embiid. Remember when he got dunked on by Tark Black? Yeah, and he's dude, told he story? wanted to get a flight he back a home. Shirt. He wanted a red shirt. He was like, I'm not ready yet, right? Um, and there's some guys who take it that way where it's like, I'm not ready yet. There are other guys who keep grinding away. And then, you know, by the time two months from now hits, all of a sudden they're a different player and they are good enough. Well, with Marcus Adams, maybe he didn't want to stick around to find out. Maybe there wasn't a great relationship already with the coaching staff. I don't know, right? Maybe he wasn't taking being coached hard very kindly. Maybe he was. 
Again, yeah. we're not in there. I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's obvious that, you know, when you get in a gym with Bill Self, yes, it's a different— It's not uh, going to be easy. It's, it's not going to be easy. It's a different situation. Yeah. So so maybe you end up coming far away from home. You're far away from your girlfriend. You're getting coached harder than you think. You're further down the depth chart than you think. You don't think you're going to get as many minutes as you—like, there are a lot of reasons why this could possibly happen, and I don't know if it is any of those. I don't know if it's something else, we, but we there are a lot of reasons this could have happened. So apologies, we had some technical difficulties with our recording studio, recording some of the audio in the open, so we weren't able to bring you the entirety of the open. We did talk more about the Marcus Adams situation, though, later in the podcast at 5.05 in our live segment on RCST, and uh, that part is in the podcast. It's just a little later in the show, toward the end, so if you want to skip ahead and listen to more Marcus Adams, you can do that. Uh, We have the timestamps on everything in the show details. Into Rock Chalk Sports Talk. I'm Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is KLWN. And it's that time on a Monday. We talk with David Lesky of Inside the Crown as the Kansas City Royals. Well, it wasn't the best week by uh, wins and losses. It's it's not that the All-Star break changed them from that standpoint, but certainly uh, a couple individual reasons to uh, be excited about what we saw last week. I guess first things first, though, right now the uh, the big I don't know, talking point in around Major League Baseball, uh, David, is Shohei Otani. What are the Angels going to do? Are they going to trade him? Who are they going to trade him to? Have you thought about it all? What what package the Royals uh, can build for Shohei Otani? Yeah, they have to trade. Um, I think you're part of the package, FYI. <laughs> um, I was, but the Angels said, no, God, we don't want that. Um, I, I And it's funny. It's a funny exercise. You asked me, I don't know if you remember this, a few weeks ago, would you trade for the A's entire roster? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't know that the Royals have a package the Angels would accept. Honestly, like, at, right now, I mean, I think that you could, they probably would. I mean, if you go Bobby Witt, Alec Marsh, um, <laughs> Daniel Lynch, Brady Singer. They probably... Wait, what if what if the what if Shohei Otani goes to the Angels front office? And I, I don't think he would do this because he seems like a very like I don't know kind of humble like down to earth guy. He doesn't seem like the guy that would do this. But he goes to them and says, "I am not signing. Does not matter how much you give me. I am not signing with you. And I only want to be traded to the Kansas City Royals." <laughs> would they do Bobby Witt for Otani at that point? Straight up, no. No, I don't think so, because here's the thing about Otani that's really interesting, and this is where it gets really murky. Um, He makes a lot of money. (laughs) Like, like for the Angels, it doesn't... The thing is, you look at Otani's next contract, and no matter what number it starts with, he's probably still a net gain for whatever team. Even if somebody pays him $600 million over 10 years, they probably make that money back in addition to being good. Um, like Mike Trout, as an example, he is a great player. He doesn't make the Angels as much. I don't even I don't know what the percentage is. I would guess it's less than half of what Otani makes the Angels because you've got the international market. I mean, also, there, there's the, the unicorn factor too, but like, I really think that there is so much money in Shohei Otani, that if if they're not going to get back like a new franchise in return <laughs> for him, they're, they're not going to trade him. 
and they don't care that, I mean, they care, mm-hmm. but they're going to take the qualifying offer. You know, he's going to turn that down. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be, you know, 19 million or whatever, and he's going to turn that down and they just wouldn't trade him. I, I, that, that's, that's my thought. I could be wrong. Um, I, I think if you're Perry Manassian, you think you would trade him for Bobby Witt um, in, in that scenario. But our team, Arden Moreno would, would say no because the money that Shohei Otani brings in is just too much. Yeah, I'll be really interested to see if he does get traded, like how big the cost is because you yeah. go back to the Juan Soto one last year and that was a hefty cost the Padres had to give up in terms of prospect capital. Also, though, with, with Soto, they got you know two and a half years of, of kind of service right. time out of him. So how does that change? Because I, I think at this point, like Otani is worth more than Soto, but also... I, I don't know. With only possibly three months left, then again, what's the importance of getting guy in a in your building if you think that um, you can re-sign him at the end of the year, or would you have a team like I, I'm interested to see if a team like the Rays or the Reds is just like let's just try to get him as a rental. But anyway, I don't know. It's kind of a fun question there. Uh, I know you said in your weekend review, which everybody can check out at Inside the Crown, subscribe to David Substack, uh, that this week was or this past weekend was the best you felt about the organization this year. Please explain why. Starting pitching. I mean, it's as simple as that. You know, this season we have seen Zach Greinke pitch well, pitch poorly. Who cares? He's 40. Um, we've seen Jordan Lyles pitch mostly poorly, um, occasionally well. Who cares? He's not part of the future. We've seen Ryan Yarbrough. Who cares? He's not part of the future. We've seen Mike Myers. Who cares? I mean, it's been few and far between. <laughs> That's not fair. They've had a lot of starts from young guys, but like Chris Bubich made three starts and then he's out for the year. So we didn't get to watch that. Looks like he might be emerging, but no. Brady Singer has struggled most of the year. So that hasn't been great. Daniel Lynch missed the first two months. Um, Jonathan Heasley is a reliever. <laughs> Jackson Coar is a reliever and not a particularly good one. I mean, it's been, <clears throat> it's been a rough, what, three, three and a half months of waiting for young starting pitching to emerge. And this weekend, we saw it. <laughs> we saw actual young starting pitching pitch well against a very good big league lineup. I know the Rays are struggling, but they're still a good lineup, right? I mean, this is not – you don't get you don't get points for – you know, your year doesn't change for facing them when they're not at their best. It's just it, – they, they – Alec Marsh and Cole Reagan pitched exceptionally well. Um, it was really nice to see Reagan with 99.8 miles per hour at one point. That was fun. Alec Marsh striking out 11, just getting all those whiffs with his slider. That was fun. Or his fastball. That was fun. I mean, it's it was a nice weekend from the starting starting pitching. And then you couple that with the article that Ian Rogers put out on hmm, Thursday, maybe, about the changes in pitching development, which I've been talking about. She really got into the details, which was great to know. Um, things are different, and we are seeing results of that at the big league level for the first time in, I don't know, 10 years. <laughs> I mean, Jordano Ventura debuted in September of 2013. So I feel like, I feel like he's the last. Like true success story out of the out of the farm system, and you could argue maybe, maybe he, he when he fell off a little bit in fifteen and sixteen, maybe he wasn't a true success. I don't know, but I guess Brady Singer potentially, and he he was he's been okay, then not great, then good, then not great. 
But I mean, these this is this is the fruits of the system finally coming to the big leagues, and things might turn. They might turn, but for a weekend against a good offense, they didn't, and it was really fun to watch. Uh, when when you see Cole Reagans pitching the way that he did, what do you think the ceiling there is for him, and, and when do you think we'll see him back up? Uh, I don't know what the ceiling is. Um, so my concerns, I wrote about this, the cutter's not very good. Um, he doesn't really have a swing and miss breaking ball that I think keeps hitters off his fastball in two strike counts. That's why we saw a lot of a lot of foul balls from him. So, you know, maybe, maybe the cutter becomes a slider this offseason. I, I don't know. Um, on the flip side, if he can throw the cutter at ninety three, ninety four, like he did a couple of times, that's different than when he throws it at nine ninety one. So, you know, maybe, maybe there is a different level to that cutter in there. Um, upside wise, though, I, I I think he's a mid rotation starter. I think that that's where you can get to with him and gosh, I, I say that, but I don't think I expected a hundred miles per hour out of him either. So, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a, a number two starter upside. I, I tend to probably still lean toward the three, four starter, but that's okay too. Um, I don't know when we'll see him up because first of all, it made sense to send him back down. Obviously there's no option rules in place as the 27th man. So they can keep the extra roster spot. No big deal there. Problem is, <laughs> you only have so many starts. Like you, as of right now, I think it's. I, I actually believe it's important to have Jordan Miles in the rotation. You can maybe trade him, Ryan Yarbrough. You can maybe trade him. Um, Zach Grinke's coming back potentially. I haven't seen if there's news on that yet today, but um, he could be a guy in the rotation. Um, they could go to a six-man rotation <laughs> if they want and have Yarbrough have a. Reagan's back on Thursday, or maybe he waits until after the trade deadline. I don't know, but we're going to see him again pretty soon, I would guess, after what we saw on on Saturday night. And you know, I, I think that 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 showing, I think, did a lot to make the Chapman trade feel less settling. But I think a lot of people thought it was at the time that I thought it was at the time until I dug a little deeper into it. So. It was good to see. Um, I would guess he probably gets eight to ten more starts in the big leagues this year, though. Uh, there were some rumors, I guess, kind of circulating around on online, I guess, of uh, the Miami Marlins possibly having some interest in Salvador Perez. What do you make of those rumors? Um, I think that they'd like to have Salvador Perez. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know how serious they are about it. And... It has to be pretty serious for the Royals to make a move, I think. Um, now, if if they said, we'll give you Sandy Alcantara for Salvador Perez, I think the Royals would maybe have to think about it pretty hard just because, yeah, he's having a down year, but I kind of upside that those kind of innings. Woo, I mean, he's a Cy Young winner, right? I, I, don't, I, I know he struggled, but you'd, you'd have to think about it. I, I, don't know, I don't know what it would take from the Royals' perspective. Um, and, and the flip side of that, I don't know that the Marlins want to pay Salvador Perez $44 million for the next two years, which, um, if I'm correct, I believe it's $20 million the next two plus a $4 million buyout. So, and then plus whatever is owed this year. I, I don't know. I don't know if they'd be in on that. So I, I think that there will be a lot of hurdles <laughs> to clear. Um, but, you know, I, if Salvador Perez is going to approve a trade, Miami is probably one of the few places he would. 
that's his home. So it's possible. I, I wouldn't put too much stock in it, though. If you had to, so, so I guess we'll stick with the baseball theme here. Uh, a single, a double, a triple, a home run of most likely Royals to get traded at the deadline this season. So home run being, I guess, most likely. Which four players would you put into those classifications? Uh, Barlow's the home run. I think that he's gone. Um, I think the organization really understands that this is the time, and this is when his value is as high as it will ever be from this point forward. So I think he's pretty much gone. It's kind of murky from there. I, I, honestly, I would have probably said Edward Olivares triple before, but his injury, I don't know. I don't know what what the uh, what what can happen there. So I, I guess I'll say Nicky Lopez as the triple. Um, I, I think that the teams are interested in his versatility. I mean, the Dodgers just makes a lot of sense. Honestly, the Dodgers make a lot of sense for Barlow, too. That's a really nice package deal. I think that that's possible. So I think he's probably the triple. Um I will put Oliveras in there as the double, not because I think he's necessarily going to get traded. I just don't, I don't know. There's not a lot left on this team to move, which is unfortunate. Um, and then I think Jordan Lyles, I, I don't think it's impossible that he gets moved. And um, I think he's a single, I, I've talked to a couple, couple of scouts, a couple of people outside the organization who really believe that if the Royals say, we will pay the 2024 salary. I think there are teams who will look at Jordan Lyles and say, we want six innings every fifth day. And we don't care to an extent what you give up. Um, teams with a good offense can work around that. If Jordan Lyles gives up four runs in six innings, that's an area of six, which is terrible. But if you're scoring, if you're the Rangers, they're not they're a bad example because I don't think they're in on him. But a team like the Rangers that scored some runs, if you're like the Reds, yeah, they scored three runs in the last four games, so they're <laughs> not the best time to bring them up. But teams that, that can score some runs, they can withstand the four runs in six innings. They just need the six innings. So I, I think there's a market there. Which young Royals player playing well right now gives you the most pause for caution? Um, and which young player right now gets you most excited about either the sustainability or what it means for the future of the team? Drew Waters concerns me just because a lot of strikeouts. Um, I don't have the rates in front of me, but it's, it's been pretty bad. Since the start of that Rays series, he's been really, really good numbers-wise, but he struck out a lot. <laughs> and, you know, you, you your margin for error is slim when you strike out that much. And he's got a 500 batting average on balls in play. That's not likely to maintain. <laughs> There's big power in his bat, obviously. You don't hit the ball 465 feet if you don't have power. But... Um, he, he needs to make more contact, so I'm concerned about him. And the guy I'm, I'm the least concerned about, Bobby Witt Jr. He he's still not walking a ton, um, but he's making much better swing decisions. And he the broadcast says it exactly right, which is I'm not one to typically say the broadcast said it right, but <laughs> they they talk about he's not necessarily hitting fastballs better; he's hitting better fastballs. And and it's it's that he's swinging at better pitches. He's swinging at pitches he can actually hit. He's taking pitches he can't. Um, he's doing a better job when he does swing at pitches he can't do much with of spoiling them and thawing them off. I mean, that triple yesterday was a perfect example. There were at least two pitches in that at bat that he would have, that with two strikes, that would have been a strikeout like two months ago. And he thawed them off until he got a pitch that he could hit 110 miles per hour in center field. So I'm, I'm not – 
sold sold just yet because I think that there could be if, if he regresses back to or reverts back to previous plate discipline. I'm concerned there, but I'm close. <laughs> I'm close to sold on the guy. I think what we've seen for the last month and a half, six seven weeks, whatever it is, that is a star. What he's what he's been three hundred plus average, three fifty plus on base, five hundred something slugging percentage. I mean he's. He is showing what we all thought he could be, um, and it's been an extended time. Now, just got to keep it up. He's going to go through a slump, um, and when he hits that slump, I'm really curious to see how he responds to it because that, to me, is, is the real test for him. And if he comes out of that slump with the same approach that he has right now, I'll be 100% sold. Yeah, and some of the... Uh... I guess projected numbers, expected batting average, expected slugging, like those are even way better right. than the the total numbers that he's kind of putting up right now. Which I guess yeah. even, it gives you even more hope that uh, he can, I guess, keep it going and um, keep up with the hot streak since the uh, kind of slow start to the season. Uh, so, who would be your yeah. pick for Player of the Week last week? I mean, it's three games, so it's tougher. Um, the easy answer is Bobby Witt, right? I mean, he had a two seventy five weighted runs greater plus. Uh, a double, triple, and two homers. Uh, he, he's the answer, probably, but Drew Waters had a really nice weekend. MJ Melendez had a nice weekend, finally, <laughs> for one. And then Alec Marsh. I think you got to look at him, too. Six innings, 11 strikeouts. They, what is really encouraging is the, the common thread of those four players. They're all young. They are all guys who are under team control until at the earliest, 2027, and they all had a really nice weekend against a really good team. Keep it up. Bobby Wood Jr. is the guy, but there, there are some weeks there aren't other options <laughs> when we talk. And this week there were, and that's, that's, that's good to see at least, especially from young guys. He's David Lesky. You can check out all his work. Subscribe to his Substack Inside the Crown. David, I appreciate the time as always, man. Absolutely. Thanks, Derek. All right, that's David Lesky inside the crown joining us here on a Monday on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. One hour down, two to go. We got Case of the Mondays coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. We also have Stupid Scale coming up. Uh, We're going to be talking about RCST trivia for football, which we're going to be registering for later this week. So we're going to give some details on that. Uh, We'll get more into the Marcus Adams conversation in the 5 o'clock hour and a fun game later in the show. Uh, British Open golfer or... We'll find out coming up later with Nick Springer, Derek Johnson. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Tough getting out of bed this morning after your weekend-long bender? I got to get out of here. I think I'm going to lose it. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> Instead of focusing on Monday, it's time to rehash the glory days of the weekend that was right now on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. You freaking me out, man. I got a massive headache. Okay, let's just calm down. How oh, does it calm down? Look around you. With Derek Johnson. When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No. No, man. Welcome back to Rock Chalk Sports Talk, where on Mondays we do a segment called Case of the Mondays and discuss Wait, why who do we do is having a case of the Mondays. Do we do it because it's a Monday? <sighs> what? I am disappointed in you. What? Have you had these questions this whole time? I, well, I've been I just, doing this for just, so long. Yeah, I'm just curious. Okay. I, I didn't know if we did it specifically because, or I don't know. I mean, sort of. That's part of it. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. The name. 
I'm not going to have a case of the Fridays. I guess that will be like positive stories, honestly. Yeah. Okay, first up, in case of the Mondays. Who's having a case of the Mondays today? The Kansas City Chiefs if Kadarius Tony gets hurt. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, listen. I I dust, I I'm prepared to dust off this take. Wait, I had this conversation with you, uh, you know, uh, off the air. I am prepared to dust off this take in week 3 when Kadarius Tony pulls his hamstring that that was actually a bad trade for the Chiefs because he's never going to play again. So I'm just prepared. I've got it in the chamber. It's loaded in case that happens. Uh, because, yeah, if Kadarius Tony gets hurt or is not as good as we hope he is going to be, suddenly the Chiefs' offense doesn't look like it would be that dynamic or dangerous. Now, obviously, they have Travis Kelsey, so you're good there. But at that point, you have Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who's your wide receiver one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is the type of guy where it's like, if he's your wide receiver three, you're like, this is awesome. This is sick. Like, we're loaded. Wide receiver two, you're like, okay, pretty good, stable, fine, sure. Wide receiver one, you're like, uh, who? So that would be a problem. That would be a problem. I did rewatch the AFC Championship game over the weekend. and He was uh, insane. He was. Game. If he plays like that every game, it's like, oh, who cares? He can be receiver zero. He's so good. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, man, if it, with DeAndre Hopkins signing with the Titans, the biggest thing here is if Tony ends up being healthy and being a good receiver like then I'm nobody expecting, cares. Yeah. exactly, it's not going to be a big deal. You what still I'm really annoyed Holmes. by, though, is, dude, DeAndre Hopkins is going to have, like, two good games with the Titans, and Tony's going to get hurt, and Chiefs fans are going to be like, Oh, this is why we should have signed DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, we should have signed DeAndre Hopkins. No. 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 I'm not going to allow you to do that. No. You know what's going to be funny, Nick? What if, because uh, you have just gone full-fledged hate on DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> what happens if the Titans are doing, like, horribly? They're, like, 2-5 two and, two and five <laughs> at the trade deadline, and the Chiefs, uh, Kadarius Tony does get hurt? And she's <laughs> like, man, we do need a receiver. And they make it work, and they trade for DeAndre Hopkins? I'm, I, have you I, thought I, about that uh, scenario? It's fine. Okay. Sure. It's fine. Fine. Whatever. Okay. Um, Jeff Passan is having a case of the Mondays today. Yeah, this is wild. Uh, a tree, literally a tree, like fell on him. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't actually. I didn't even know this. I guess he lives in the Kansas City area. He does. Uh, which I didn't. I didn't even know that. Yeah, he tweeted and, out earlier today. Breaking my yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. So Friday afternoon, and if you happen to be listening live to RCST on Friday afternoon or during or on that time period. You would have known that on our station, we had to temporarily delay RCST for weather coverage because we were getting blown away by intense wind and rain. Uh, and so that storm system on Friday, I think, moved into the moved through the Kansas City area and actually caused some more damage. And, uh, yeah, I guess Jeff Passon lives in that area, which I didn't know about. And he was out, I think, just in his yard cleaning up like you might do after, you know, a storm blows through. You want to clean up, you know, limbs or whatever that might have blown around your yard. And uh, a fairly—he tweeted the picture of it. A fairly large branch fell onto him and literally broke his back. This is not a metaphorically breaking your back. This is literally. Yeah, <laughs> That's pretty I mean, serious. terrible time for it too. With like two weeks before the trade deadline. I obviously, yeah. his health matters more. He said he was okay, so I, I feel comfortable saying that. Yeah, he said he was going to make a recovery, and then he actually, him, he himself made a joke like, yeah, uh, it sucks, but my phone still works, so I'm still going <laughs> to be... My phones and fingers still work. <laughs> yeah. That stinks, man. That's a horrible weekend. Yeah, that's that's insane. Did that's you have insane. any damage from the storm? No. No, 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 no. Well, my, my power was out for a while. That stinks. Uh, so that kind of sucked. They get hot? 
Air conditioning? Um, no, not really. Well, actually, I got home from work. My power was out still, and I went to a friend's house. Okay. That's <laughs> so like, let's Good solution. Good yeah. solution. No, we just I mean, had like so a here, free fall, but. So here at the station, there wasn't really anything. There was just a bunch of branches blown around. Uh, so, yeah, no real damage. You texted me on Friday. You were like, I don't know if we're there's going to be a station Dude, for you to come back. Dude, if you went to. outside and looked at the sky, <laughs> you would have thought it was, it was uh, you know, the apocalypse was here. Okay. I mean, look outside, and it was insane. Uh, Northwestern Athletics is having a case of the Mondays. They had to fire their football coach, Pat Fitzgerald, because of some off-the-field stuff that involved uh, hazing and some some stuff that wasn't good, to say the least. Um, they, I, I don't know why they fired their swim and dive coach. I also don't know why they fired their baseball coach. But I now that was, I think it was unrelated, sort of. But I don't know. But now the end goal is they're in July, about to start the new athletic season. They have to hire all of them, all three yeah. of those. Yeah. Yeah. So if, apparently if the baseball been, coach was amid turmoil over culture and abuse allegations. So That's maybe sort either. of in line with the football. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you hadn't if you hadn't heard about the Northwestern thing, it was uh, basically some pretty disturbing stuff came out about uh, some hazing that was going on within the football team, uh, and it was and really the. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to say cool part. I don't think that's the right way. To I should clarify. It, swim and dive coach stepped down to take a different position somewhere else. So, yeah. but still, they have to hire I, all three. I yeah. shouldn't. I don't. I mean, the cool part of it doesn't sound like the right way to say it. But the the part of it that I think is interesting is the fact that you know this this story was broke by the Daily Northwestern. I think is it, which is that's uh, student their newspaper. student newspaper. Mm-hmm. So like the equivalent of the the Daily Kansan for KU. Yes. Was this, was so it was the student newspaper that kind of broke the story. Thumbs up, is, student journalism. Yeah, which is incredible because think about it. You're the student newspaper and you're going to challenge the football program and the athletic department. Like that is that's that's very intense stuff, and you got to make sure that you are accurate in your reporting. And it seems like they were, uh, because as it kind of came out more. Northwestern did ultimately decide they originally suspended him for only two weeks. Yeah, and then they decided this is maybe something more serious, and we need to go ahead and uh, move on. Yeah, yeah, there was some bad stuff in there. It wasn't just the like hazing of like you know. Yeah, it was. It was. Oh, this guy's got to buy dinner forever. Or, you know, yeah, it, was, it was much worse than that. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of some of the key highlights. There's only the only one that keeps popping in my mind for so it was like the naked bear crawl and yeah. stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah. There was some. There was some there stuff was, that was worse than that in there. Yeah, but yeah, weird stuff. Um, okay, uh, trying to figure out what random team Deshaun Jackson caught a 60-yard touchdown for in the NFL season is on Case of the Mondays. That's a long one. Uh, but Deshaun Jackson <laughs> is retiring from the NFL officially. Dude, this is so sad because literally, think about it. It's week 7, 12.55 p.m. <laughs> Central Time. You are chilling on your couch. It's midway through the second quarter of the noon games. You Maybe you're watching the Chiefs or watching whatever. And they go to a game break with James Brown. Deshaun Jackson for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Deshaun Jackson for the Philadelphia Eagles. Deshaun Jackson for the Baltimore Ravens. Deshaun Jackson for the Washington Commanders. Deshaun Jackson for filling the tit. Just scored a 60-yard touchdown. And you're like, what? He plays for who? When? Dude, awesome, awesome times. Yeah. No more, though. Could you name all the teams he played for? I think I just named a good amount of them, right? Uh... Bucks, Eagles, uh, Commanders slash the before that the R words. Yep. Uh, was he on the Ravens? He was. Yeah. Ravens. Uh, the Ravens this past year. Okay. So okay. Hang on. Hang on. So Bucks, Eagles, Commanders, Ravens. Uh, I want to say Rams. Yeah. 
Okay, Rams. You're only missing one. I'm only missing one? Yeah. Oh, boy. It's not an AFC team, I don't think. Am I uh, right it is that? an AFC team. Oh, it is an AFC team? Mm-hmm. Plays in the Chiefs division. Was he on the Chargers? No. What? He was on the Raiders. I don't even remember that. Yeah. It was for like nine games in 2021. Huh. I do not remember that. Yes. Hey, but listen, I got five out of six. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Dude, I used to love Deshaun Jackson, especially in college. I actually had a, I, at one point, I had a Deshaun Jackson number one Cal jersey when I was in like. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> I don't know what how old I would have been, like middle school or something, sixth grade. <laughs> It was awesome, man. He was so much fun to watch. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm, I'm going to definitely miss those uh, mid-second quarter game breaks of Deshaun Jackson scoring a touchdown. Robert McIntyre is on Case of the Mondays. You might not know who he is. I don't know who he is. He is a professional golfer. Um, he's not like a top, you know, he's not like one of your top five ranked or anything like that. So he's not one of the more notable guys, but he okay. is a, a professional golfer. And so this week is the Open, the British Open. Last week they have the Scottish Open, which... Usually is a lot of like a lot of the pros will use it as like a tune up. Yes, exactly. And to get like adjusted time wise, so you're not jet lagged and stuff. So they'll go, they'll do that, and then they'll stick around and then get ready for the open. Um, So Robert McIntyre was leading the Scottish Open by a stroke on hole 17. Rory McIlroy ends up birding hole 17. So now they're tied after he gets a par. Then on the last hole, Rory McIlroy birdies again. And so now Robert McIntyre goes from leading by hole on the 17th to not even getting a playoff, losing by a stroke, and the difference of winning the tournament to finishing second, about $600,000. Okay, but this is his fault for having Roy McIlroy one stroke behind him because isn't Roy McIlroy Scottish? Uh, I don't know. I think he's Ireland. I think he's from Northern. Yeah, he's from North Island. Oh, okay. Northern Ireland. Okay, never mind that. Yeah. I was going to be like, dude, you let the Scot- you're going to let the, the Scottish guy is going to win, obviously. Well, well, isn't he, that close to Scotland? Yes. Okay, this actually makes it worse. Robert <laughs> McIntyre is, is Scottish. He, is he Scottish? Yes. Oh, so he choked his own. Yes. He choked in his own open. Yes. <laughs> That's tough. That's brutal. Okay. Man, that, that is sad. Uh, the old guard in tennis is having a case of the Mondays. You know, for so long it's been dominated by Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, Novak Djokovic, and, and still kind of Djokovic to this day. Djokovic was actually in the Wimbledon final. But do we have a changing of the guard? Carlos Alcarez mm. won the Wimbledon uh, tournament. Yeah, so I think I saw, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like in the last like 30 years, Carlos Alcarez is like the fourth different guy to win because it was Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic in like the last... I don't know if thirty is right. But yeah, like, it was like, like, it was like, like the last like twenty years, yeah. or something like he's he becomes the fourth guy to win besides those three guys. So uh, just an incredible run of dominance, especially in an individual sport, right? I mean, obviously, like since I don't think the U.S. is a huge tennis culture country per se, but like you know, we argue about like Tom Brady being the goat. Tom Brady plays a team sport and only won however many titles he won. These dudes have been winning like. So many in all in all the different events, and uh, yeah, Carlos Alcaraz, shout out, shout out to him. Yeah, he is only twenty years old, so uh, seems like that's insane. He's the next dude guy. at twenty years old. I don't even know what I was doing, but it was not that. <laughs> Definitely not that. Uh, taking a selfie is having a case of the Mondays. All right, so at the Tour de France on Sunday, 
Uh, so in the Tour de France, when they're riding, like the, you can literally like be on the side of the road as like the guys are going right past. Like you just literally like you can be like within a foot of like them as they go. So this guy on the side of the road of part of it was like, dude, this is sick. I'm gonna take a selfie of me with all the riders riding past. It's gonna be sweet. So he leans out into the road, tries to take a selfie, and causes a massive crash. I mean, he took out like a bunch of guys. So they, you know, they're all riding in a pack, and here's this guy. I would be so selfie mad. time, bang, yeah, crash. This can't really happen in any other sport. No, where a fan can interrupt everything. I mean, like, I mean, except for like baseball. If you make it, if you catch a ball, that's true. But that it's not the same though. That requires the ball to be hit exactly where you are, right? Yes, like yes. it's like it could maybe impact one play, but then they can review it and they can make like a change or whatever. Yeah, you can literally as a fan, like same thing with like a play in basketball or the football. Hypothetically, you could run on the field while a play's happening. Maybe you could yeah. tackle but the guy would, or like this, impact play. But this would be like if there was like a yes. an F one race or a NASCAR race, and like. You were able to just, like, drive onto the track or something. <laughs> right. And just ruin not just one specific play, but, like, the entire race. Yes. For, like, exactly. a or, good amount of people. Yeah. Yeah. They, and, they, you know, because the rally situation is these guys are racing for, like, hundreds of miles each day. So there's no way to monitor or, like, the whole course. You know what I mean? For, mm -hmm. like, so it, it, it really is, like, an etiquette thing where, like, you're basically being entrusted as a fan that if you're going to go out and, like, be on the side of the road to enjoy it, that you don't interfere at all. Yes. And this this is what happened. And funny enough, actually, uh, earlier on in the Tour de France, there was a case of somebody throwing tacks on the road. What? To cause flat tires. What is this? This is actually <laughs> getting me way more interested in the Tour de France, just the debauchery <laughs> that is occurring from, like, the fans and the people Well, as you know, I'm a big supporter of the Tour yeah. de France. Well, there was a the video from a couple years ago where, like, yes. it was like... The lady was holding up lady, a sign yes. for the cameras... And same deal. The lady was yes. holding up a sign, and she, like, put the sign in the road, and it, like, wiped out a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah, same deal. Oh, my gosh. So, there, there, but like I said, there's there's no real way to enforce it. There's a lot of, well, why don't they there's just a lot have of fan like, etiquette involved. Instead of just, like, the movable, like, fence sort of thing, why don't they have, like, actual fences? Because, dude, the they, race for, they race for 100 miles, and they're racing through, like, remote areas of, like, the country sometimes. So, it's, like... It's literally impossible. So I guess they just need to have like incredible fines that prevent people from doing. Well, it. the lady that did it, the lady, I don't, I never followed up with what happened to the lady two years ago. The lady that held a sign up, she got arrested. Yeah, so I don't know if she like went to jail or anything, prosecuted. but she probably she got arrested. Fine. Yeah. Okay, uh, last one here. Case of the Mondays. Trying to remember the correct name of the Texas Oklahoma football rivalry. <laughs> we actually talked about this earlier this year. Guess what? It's I changing remember. again. Wait, what? So let's go, let's re go through the history here. The game was originally called the Red River Shootout. Um, for the 100th game in 2005, it became the SBC Red River Rivalry. Which is what I've always known it as. Yes, the Red River SBC Rivalry. SBC Communications sponsored it and did not want to convey, convey an attitude of condoning gun violence. Oh, the well, following that's, that's nice year... SBC merged with AT&T. The game was renamed the AT&T Red River Rivalry. In 2014, it became the AT&T Red River Showdown. So it went shootout, rivalry, to showdown with different sponsors applied. Now, it is going to be rebranded again to the... Um, ba -ba -ba, I don't even know. Something else. What? I, I lost it. 
What do you mean you lost it? <laughs> I don't know. I lost. Kiss of Mondays for Derek. Yes, being Kiss able to read for me. Um, gosh, what is it called now? I think it's a different sponsor now. Is what it is. Oh, so it's like the the Verizon Red River, whatever, or the I don't know. What yes. Else? See, I can't even remember it now, and I just wrote down the story. <laughs> this is not good. Yeah, case of the Mondays for me. Uh, dude, that's so funny. No, this is stupid. Like, why do you? Why keep changing the name? It's ridiculous. Why can't you just keep it as whatever one thing? I mean, I just don't understand. Oh, it's the Allstate Red River rivalry now. Mm, so we're back to rivalry. Yes. So it went. <laughs> so not only have the sponsors changed, but it went from shootout to rivalry. To showdown to now rivalry. That's just ridiculous. With different sponsors all along the way. That's so dumb. Pick a name. Yes. And also, why do we need to have sponsors for everything? That's a good question. Well, I think we actually know the answer. Well, I know why, because people care about money. But like why can't it why do we have to have a sponsor? What if every game had a sponsor? Welcome to KU Missouri State brought to you by by I don't know. Adobe. I don't know. (laughs) I just said. They don't need Okay. That. We, before we go into any further, we need to just wrap this up, I think. Yeah, okay. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. That is Case of the Mondays. This is RCST on KLWN, depending on it. Welcome back into Rock Shock Sports Talk on KLWN. About half past the hour. We got Stupid Scale coming up later in the show. Um, we also have a fun game we're going to play later on, too. Uh, by the way, there's some news from uh, Bill Self apparently told, I'm seeing this through Jayhawk Slant, that um, Artario Morris is uh, going to be with the team for the uh, the Dominican Republic trip, or the Puerto Rico trip, sorry. Which that is soon, right? Yes, that'll be uh, August, what, August 1st through August 8th, which means that, so two because I believe the trial was originally scheduled for August 2nd, so what that tells you is that there was some sort of a, what, uh, plea deal or, I don't know. So something, yeah, some resolution. Some sort of resolution in the case that's going to, A, not come down hard on Arterio Morris to where KU feels like they have to punish him at all, and B, um, to where he won't actually have to be at a trial because it's been resolved at that point well i guess uh for ku on the basketball court that's great because you want to get him out there with the rest of the team to try to play a little bit before the season starts so uh it i i, I don't know I, I don't want to put too much stock into this but this this trip actually does seem like it's going to be very very important in terms of setting the foundation for the, what this team is going to be this season is that too much of a am i putting too much on that? No, I, I think that's totally fair. I mean, I mean any, based off the fact that you've got yeah. yeah, you've got a bunch of new guys coming together. The importance of that trip. I'm not saying in terms of like if they win or lose or whatever, but just in terms of everybody gelling together, you know. Right. Yeah, I'll be interested. We, we still haven't heard if uh, those games are going to be available in some way on either Jayhawk Radio Network or, or TV or whatnot. But uh, hopefully they will, because that'll be something fun to you know kind of watch and, and talk about during the summer. Um, okay, so RCST Trivia will be back for football here. Our second year of doing football. We just wrapped up year four of the basketball one uh, about three weeks ago or so. 
we'll be doing football for year two, and we're going to actually start it next week. So a week from today, next Monday, is when we plan on starting RCST trivia for football. And we're gonna we're gonna add a few more people this year. Last year we we had twenty people join. We wanted to set a lower number number and make sure everybody was you know because part of it too, like in the basketball one, it's you know you could only be in there for one day. With this one, we need you more often, so we try to limit it a little need more. A set schedule. Correct. Also, we know that you know in in general, there's going to be less people who want to do the football one than basketball one. Um, it's just it's harder in general, and there's more accessible basketball knowledge than there is football. So we are going to raise the number of entrants. I think it's only going to be 24 people, though, as opposed to 20. So we will be going up a little bit. But because of that, that means that it is going to be a tight entry to getting into trivia for football, right? There's not a ton of spots. There's not a ton of space that we're going to have this year. I believe we're going to start registration. We'll either, like, officially open registration tomorrow or Wednesday, Maybe we'll we'll start it tomorrow on like the the live show and the podcast, and then we'll open it up on social media on like Wednesday so that we can fill it out. Okay. Um, but basically, how it's going to work, we've had some discussions on trying to figure out the format. If you remember last <laughs> year, last year we had four divisions of five. You played that at that point. You played four regular season matchups. You had a bye week, and then we took the the winner of each division into a playoff, and then we had second and third in each division make a bowl game. This year. We're steering more into an actual playoff like the NCAA is going to do, and we'll just call some of the playoff matchups our bowl games. Yeah. Um, so I think this is this is what we've kind of settled on. But we'll, we'll officially finalize it tomorrow. So if, if, if anybody has suggestions, hit us up at RCST1320. We are There's open. Been, the committee's had some heated debates we have, we have. about how exactly to formalize this so yes. if you have yeah if you have any idea you can yeah maybe. well because we, we have a couple hurdles i guess is the way to put it a <laughs> couple hurdles are that one we want to be done before the start of the football season so that we leaves us with weeks. starting next week we'd have five or six weeks depending on how we look at it um we also don't want to make people join and be like oh you have to play six games and it's like well that's a long time for somebody to be you know a part of this necessarily unless you count those games in the playoffs but um then there's another part of it where it's like uh, beyond the time and all that of we don't want to make our whole show as we're trying to preview the KU football season trivia. So, you know, we don't want to be doing six trivia matchups in a day. There's certain hurdles, right? So here's what we've kind of settled on right now. Eight divisions of three teams each. That would give us our 24 entrants. Yep. And we would have two divisions each day. So we'd have two Monday divisions, two Tuesday divisions, two Wednesday divisions, and two Thursday divisions. Friday is left open to where it can be a makeup day. Yep. If you can't make your, your date that day, boom, we can try to find time for you on Friday, right? Uh, just gives us an extra day to, to kind of fit stuff in. Then at that point, what you would do, everybody would play everybody in your division. So that's two games. Yep. Um, We were like, yeah, but it feels like the regular season is the best part of this. It's it's what makes it different than basketball. So we were like, well, how do we get another regular season game in there without, because if you go to like a, you know, six team division, then that's five regular season games. That's too many weeks. We only have six weeks. So what we decided on is we're going to do, again, this is not, this is kind of tentative right now. Um, you play your two regular season matchups and you play one other team from the other division on your given day. 
Uh, so that'll just be kind of random or like time-based when we figure it out. So you'll play three regular season matchups, one non-conference, one conference matchup. So, right? you'll, so you'll rotate. You'll have the two people in your division that you'll play against, and then whatever other division is on the same day that you yes. are on is one of you will play one other person yes. in a non-conference game. So now everybody will have three uh, total matchups. Then how we'll determine the playoff. So there'll be it'll be a 12-team playoff, which is what the college football playoff is going to go to. So we're going to be mirroring that, right? Yes. Yes. Um, no, so, we're a better committee than the college yeah. football playoff committee, to be honest. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll take myself over them. No. Um, so with the 12 teams in the playoff, every team who wins their division will get a spot in the playoff. So that's yes. eight teams. Eight, yep. And you might be wondering, how will you win your division? Only your division games will count for the sake yeah. the of— other, Your other division's a non-conference game. Yes. Um, because— what happens if you end up playing somebody who's way better than the other person played in your division in the non-conference matchup? Okay, so we're only going to count the division games for your division record. Now, if there is a tiebreaker, right, let's say, because hypothetically all three teams could go one and one. Everybody beats each other. In that scenario, what we will do is the most total points of your division and non-conference game so basically, whoever has the most total points. Whoever answers yeah. the most trivia questions correct. Correct. Because that's and that, how you get more points. Exactly. And so you could have a team who's one and two who's actually ahead of the team who's two and one because everybody went one and one in the division, but you scored more total points. It's just that you played a harder non-conference matchup, right? So that's how that's going to work. And then we're going to also give four spots to the next best teams. And how that will be determined is it'll just be record. So it'll be like, okay, everybody who's at this point, whatever, two and one everybody who's two or something, one. right, is, is probably going to be eligible. And then it'll just go by points or head-to-head. Yeah. Um, and, and we, I, I have a specific, like head-to-head will be the number one tiebreaker, but if there's multiple teams tied, then it has to go to total points and, you know, all that sort of thing. We work up and down the yeah. line. So basically putting a lot of value in not just winning, but also winning even, if you, even if you don't win, if you scored enough yes. points or if you scored a lot of points. That still counts. So yeah. answering the questions correctly still is like one of the more important things you can do. Yeah. So I may I may have made that sound complicated, but just view it like this. You'll play three games, two are divisional matchups. If you win your division, you're in the playoff. If you don't win your division, you're trying to get one of the four at-large bids. Okay? Makes sense. So then 12 teams make the playoff. 12 plays 5, uh, 6 plays 11, 7 plays 10, 8 plays 9. We will figure out the seeding. That's where the subjectivity comes in. Um, we don't decide who wins the division like that's based on a set structure of rules but who gets the five seed versus the six seed that's based on you know so if yes. you're a division winner you will well, get every, a top eight every seed. week we're gonna put out our rankings we will and if you're a division winner we will give you a top eight seed and that's where being the top four does matter where the subjectivity does matter like the most points scored does matter because you get a top four and you get a buy right yeah so yeah. that's how that'll work and then we'll work our way through um it is going to be the same like last year in terms of the actual matchup structure where um, instead of it being like basketball trivia where one of you answers one wrong and one of you gets it right and then it's over, you still have opportunity. There is four quarters of play. There's the first quarter, which is our easy question. Those are worth three points. You both get a question. Then there's the second quarter, which is our medium question. Those are worth six. The third quarter, which is our hard question. Those are worth seven. And the fourth quarter, which is a really hard question. Those are worth eight. Whoever scores more points over the four questions wins the matchup if it's tied we go to overtime and then it gets to a fun college overtime where it's like all right we flip a coin you decide do you want to go first or do you want to go second and if they go first and they get to pick what question they answer they answer a medium now the guy who goes second gets to pick do i want to answer a medium to keep it going or do i want to answer a hard to win it right 
So it gets it gets super fun. But yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that's how we'll do it this year. All sound good? Sounds good to me. Okay. Well, if you have any suggestions, hit us up at RCST1320. We'll open up registration for it uh, probably tomorrow on the show. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Let's uh, get on to Stupid Scale coming up next on KLWN. Depend on it. It's 5 o'clock. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. KLWN. What? 5. What are you you want me to lie about the time? That's no, your problem. Why do you say it like that? What's your problem? Um, I always have problems. The big news over the weekend was Marcus Adams is out at Kansas. Who? No more. No more in Lawrence. Marcus Adams Jr. By the yeah. way, something uh, earlier in the show we didn't talk about. He has a younger brother who's That's like. That's right, yes. Uh, he's even higher ranked than Marcus Adams is. I guess he was at the scrimmages. Yes. he was. Either, he's either class of 2025 or 2026. Probably safe to say that ain't happening, right? For Kansas? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah probably, probably not. not. No. Like, that was one of the, uh, I don't know, kind of cherry on top things when you landed Marcus Adams was like, oh, maybe that means you'll get his brother, too, who's really good. It's like, yeah. well, probably not now, given the way that this happened. Nope. He, he's only with the team for a couple weeks before leaving, which obviously tells you, you know, something really went wrong. I call this the Jack Whitman. That's what he did. He, he was a transfer from William and Mary, came to KU for like a month in the summer and never played a game with KU. I wonder what so the big thing, to. The big thing about this is I've been saying all along that KU's been done. And clearly this means that they are probably not done, right? But for if I sure. keep saying they're done and we know they're not done, then by me saying they're done means that they're going to do stuff that means they're not done. Did you follow? I guess. Dude, by the way, Jack Whitman, I can't find anything on that dude. <laughs> he just, like, poofed well, off. A, well, that's enough of a generic name that you probably can't just Google him. That's it, true. You know. Well, who knows? I, I don't think that'll be the case for Marcus Adams. He'll probably go somewhere where he'll have a... Uh, I, I saw yeah, I think today somebody was saying, yeah, West Virginia has uh, interest in him, which that's not surprising. They seem to have interest in, like, everyone uh, over the course of... It's been them in Arkansas that's been, like, in on everyone. Dude, we had managed to go, like, a good couple weeks without talking about Arkansas. <laughs> Well, don't and worry. Then right then, we'll be previewing Arkansas football to tomorrow ruin. and basketball the next show, and then baseball <laughs> the show. After. No, I'm just joking. Yeah, man. But uh, Marcus Adams, it's not like a, it's not a huge loss in terms of what you lose this year. Like, I, yeah, he maybe was going to be the eighth man playing ten or so minutes per game, and that was like best case problem. That was yeah, exactly, barring injury, which you know that could have led to a lot more time if Kevin McCuller gets injured or something. Maybe you are looking at, or if KJ Adams, right. Uh, if it doesn't work out with him at the four, maybe you did need somebody with him. I mean, there were some people that were willing to say, like, oh, I, I think he's going to be a starter. I, I don't think that was ever really in the conversation. And I think no. him leaving probably clearly indicates that, yeah, he was behind a lot of these other guys, and maybe he did find it to be uh, a bigger challenge than he thought. Maybe he came in with the idea he was going to be a star and he was going to do a lot of things, and that didn't end up happening. And, you know, he found out he was going to possibly be like an eighth man in that situation and not going to play a ton. So as far as the impact this year, I just look at it and say, well, Jamari McDowell or Parker Brown, like we weren't even sure those guys were going to be behind Marcus, even if at times we had projected Marcus to be more. We didn't think it was that big of a difference. Um, they'll just fill in the role for him. Obviously, there is now a need for KU to add another body, another scholarship player. Probably, yeah. Probably Which is why on I'm going to say that they're done, even though they're not done. Okay. I, I get what you're saying. I don't think it's a good idea. Um, what, what, what's wrong? What's, what, why I just, is it a bad I, idea? I, 
part of you saying they're done is because also, like, they actually could have been done when they were at 11. <laughs> I definitely don't think they're done now with 10 scholarship players, one of which the idea is for him to redshirt, you okay. know? And when you well, look at the roster— Zach Clements may not redshirt now. Uh, yeah, that is true. It, it could have an effect on—maybe maybe that's a, a reverberation of this. play, or he can play now. Yes. Um, KU doesn't really have a lot of guys who can play the four on their roster. Unless Zach Clements, right? Like, Zach yep. Clements, yep. he said he wants to play the four. Maybe they just play too big basketball. Parker yep. Brown, he's actually played some four. So maybe that's just the way that they're going to play more of that too big basketball. But right now, it's just like, it's KJ Adams and Kevin McCuller. Who are your fours? Uh, you're not going to play Nick Timberlake or Jamari McDowell at the four, right? So no. you're, you have more limited options. It seems like if you are going to add someone, adding a wing or a bigger wing would make a lot of sense, even if they're not going to be part of the rotation. Yeah. And, Somebody that gives you another you know, body there. You mentioned this in the open, but it's like, on one hand, if you're Marcus Adams, you're leaving KU at a time where there may not be a lot of programs that have an opening for you. On the flip side, if you're Kansas and you are looking for somebody else, there ain't a lot of guys out there. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a two-way street in terms of availability of what might be people or programs that are available. So, yeah, if you're Kansas, your options are a very, very, very late grad transfer, and also, you know, I guess some late reclass. I don't even know if you can do that at this point. I think they, I think you could still get like a European guy, I guess, mm -hmm. maybe or something like that. But the other thing is, and we we mentioned this earlier, with the trip to the Puerto Rico in the first week of August, wouldn't you think that KU wants to have their roster like finalized by then? Yeah, but I don't think it's possible at this point. You don't think they could get somebody in the next? Two well, weeks? right now they're in a dead period. So you oh. can't even have visitors till I think it's like July twenty eighth. Oh, which you're probably leaving within a day or two right, after that. Right then, yeah. maybe you're leaving by then to get you know acclimated. So it makes it even tougher. Can you weather. convince the guy to commit to you without even ever coming to check That's out more? That is a very big challenge. Yeah, which I guess I don't know. Strap a GoPro to somebody's head, walk around. Well, but uh, I don't know how the dead period works in terms of does the dead period prevent visits or does it prevent prevent all contact in general? I'm honestly not sure. Well, isn't there like different types of dead periods? I don't know. Can you have in-person contact but not phone calls? I, I don't know. It's it's all weird. Recruiting <laughs> is weird. It's a mess. Um, yeah. Uh, more power to the people who cover it because it's uh, it's a pain to cover. But, That's I mean, sure. I don't know. I mean, wouldn't you think? That, okay. So let's say maybe they can't, they're not going to necessarily get somebody to commit. But in the next two weeks, you would think if they're able to contact people, they would at least want to have somebody like yeah, lined up, semi-nailed down. You know what's funny? Imagine if you're the you're like so you're Bill Self and you're like, well, I got to go out here, I got to do the Puerto Rico trip, but we really need this kid to commit, and he can he he has to visit on you know August first, and you're the assistant coach who draws the the short, short straw, straw of, Mrs. Puerto Rico. of the Mrs. Puerto Rico, and you're like, really, I got to stick around here. That could end up happening. Like maybe that's part of what happens there, right? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so that would be kind of interesting, to say the least. Yeah, so I, I definitely imagine they're going to try to add an 11th guy uh, for sure. I think pretty clearly KU was looking to add a 12th guy, but it had to be the right situation. Uh, they're not in a situation where, like, we have to have a 12th guy. They would just like to have a 12th guy, which tells you that, yeah, they probably would, again, like to get to 12, which means you would have to add two more. But because what you said, how there are limited options that are available, that becomes a very tenuous process but of is it where, possible you think they would be fine with just 10 or no do you feel i like, don't think a 10 you no. feel like absolutely they need to add one more guy absolutely i feel like they're going to add an 11th 
I feel very confident they'll add an 11th. But I'm saying, like, what if they just can't? What if there's just nobody good, no good options? And yeah. Or, you know, it's like your options through. are adding no one or adding a player that you know is not going to be good enough to play for you and is going to yeah, have to transfer yeah, exactly. in a year. Then, yes, in that scenario, I'll go with you. But I, I, guess, I do you think there are enough options. Are you though. comfortable with 10? No, not at all. Not at all, especially when you look at it in three of your ten. Really, four when you look at KJ because you are you do have questions about. So I don't know. We'll say three and a half are centers. Doesn't yeah. give you a lot of lineup versatility, does it? No. Yeah. And obviously, you have a couple guys that have some injury history as well. Yes. So you definitely want to add that eleventh, if not a twelfth. But yeah, I, I feel very confident they'll add an eleventh. I don't okay. know who. I'm just saying, like in general. Uh, there, there's obviously this like Australian kid, Funfee, I think, or, or Fernfee or something um, that that they're in on. I don't know. We'll see how that materializes. I don't yeah, know if we it's him even, or somebody. We else, don't even right? really know what in on means. Exactly. With that guy. And just you had a phone call, you had a text, you want him, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it's the classic case of receiving interest. Yes. What does that even mean? And you know, he seemed to have a good tournament. Whatever recent tournament was happening. Nonetheless, whatever it is, I feel like very good that they will add an eleventh player. The twelfth player, I think they would like to add. But because it, it feels like you keep adding that 11th player and then another player leaves, we'll see how how that, like, if it actually is a possibility. We'll see if it actually does happen um, to this point in time. So with Marcus Adams, honestly, I, I don't know it's as big of a loss this year, even though it does make you have to scramble this offseason to add that other player. I do think it's a bit more of a loss long term because I do think his talent and potential could have developed into something really nice with his size and scoring ability. Also, at the same point in time, if there were clearly issues there, whether it was, you know, him not liking the way that he was getting coached or thinking he was getting coached too hard or, you know, uh, wanting more of an immediate role. He said earlier that he wanted to be a one and done. That probably yeah. wasn't going to have the opportunity to happen. Well, Maybe I, there was just never the fit to begin with that he was going to be able to stick around long term. This anyway. is just the new reality of college basketball. For every Ochai Abaji, for every Dewan Harris, you're going to have a half dozen... Mm-hmm. Chris Johnson, Marcus Adams, fill in the blank of guys that just don't work out. Yeah, maybe that's the way to look at it. If you bring on like five high school recruits, one of them will turn into a stud down the road. One of them will turn into like a long-term solid starter rotation player. Two of them will end up transferring, and one of them will... Exactly. I, I don't know, maybe for, transfer for every well Oates, or whatever. For every yeah. Oach, you get five yeah. or six guys that, you know, it's not going to work. Yep. All right, he's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We're going to play a fun game coming up next on KLWN, depending on it. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Later this week, the Open, the, the British Open. The what? Well, a lot of people call it the British Open here. Who? But if you're like a golf fiend or if you're from like England or something, where you refer to it as the Open. Huh. And if you call it the British Open, you are looked down upon. Looked people, down people upon. People get mad about that? Yes, they do. Really? Yes, it's like calling... That is, uh, like, so dumb. Yeah, it's like calling uh, UCF Central Florida. They get mad. Oh, yeah, Central Florida. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, great college down there, Central Florida. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like they're in Central Florida or anything. Why? Why? I mean, how, how ridiculous would that be? They have a college name after where they are? Mm-hmm. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Um, so, yeah, so so call it the Open if you want to be a, uh, a I'm gonna cool call. Guy. I'm going to call it the British Open. Okay, that's fine. I do think it makes it a little easier to recognize because you have the U.S. Open. You, I don't know. There's a lot of open. There's a lot oh, of 100% opens, right? agree. Because, like, I saw a commercial for it, and I was like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> and British then, Open. And then I realized it was the British Open. Yeah. Once I realized exactly. it was in it was in 
Liverpool, whatever the hell, country club. Yeah. Or whatever well, it is. Um, I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, Scott I'll Scheffler. Watch. I'll watch a little bit. Victor, uh, I don't know. I, I might get in on Victor Hovland. Um, Xander Schauffele. Those are some interesting bets for me. I like Victor Hovland. But we're going to go a little deeper on the betting board today, and we're going to play another game with Nick. It is called Open Golfer or... <laughs> And on this week, it is member of the European Council. Okay. Okay. Now, I actually have a pretty good grasp of like the top 10, 15 golfers. Yes. But beyond that, I probably am going to have some trouble. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, the European Council is the... Uh, I don't even know what that is. I don't know. It's the body that defines overall political direction and priority priorities like the Euro- of the European Union. Okay, European Union. Yeah. And there's like one... From is every there country, one there's if- one person. Wow. One- there's a lot. Yeah. I don't know how many countries Europe has, but it's a lot. Yes. Or the European Union. I mean, it's not like overly a lot. Like, it's not as many states as we have in the U.S. Oh, really? I would have guessed I don't think so. I don't know. At least that are in the European Union. Um, Okay. All right, ready? So, you, uh, in eight seasons, have gone 73 and 36. It's an average of about nine wins a year. Pretty good. Also an average of about four and a half losses. You have one- message to the haters. Chill out. I'm winning (laughs) games. You have one college football playoff appearance, which you did- Sort of technically win a title. I mean, how many programs have been in the college football playoff? Seriously, the oh, last eight years, 10 though. Ten years. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're five and three on bowls, but you've lost three in a row. Yeah, I got to change that this year. And you went seven and six last year. <laughs> After you had one good year, I don't and then remember three what, years before that were kind of middling. <laughs> what was last year? I don't seven even and six. No, what was the what was the game? Do you remember? Oh, the 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 game. Oh, it was uh, Big Twelve football media day oh, attendee yeah, yeah. or Western movie. Oh, star. yeah, I didn't remember that one. Yeah. Yeah, that was a tough one. So, uh, it's been claimed you are officially on the hot seat. No, I don't agree with that. The seat's getting warmer, sure. It's not hot. I kind of disagree. I have actually thought of a solution, because you asked me, you're like, what are we going to do, though, if I get fired? Are we just going <laughs> to stop playing? <laughs> I have actually decided what's going to happen. What? If you get fired, right now you're at, a, you're at a cushy, nice Power 5 job. If you yeah. get fired, you're taking a job at a smaller school. Sure, okay, that's fine. And the negative to that means that you're, you have to go undefeated to make the playoff. At that point, if you're at a smaller school. Okay. No, that's okay. fine. But I can get hired again you by You can, but you need multiple good years in a row to do that. Okay. Otherwise, you're going to no, be stuck fine. in college football purgatory. <laughs> okay. First up, I'm going to give you a name. You're going to tell me if it's a open golfer, British open golfer, whatever you want to say, okay. or member of the European Council. Okay. Week one, Olaf Schultz. That's got to be a European Council. I mean, Olaf? O-L-A-O-F? I'll tell you what, I will give you bonus points if you can, if you get it wrong, I won't count it against you. Okay. But I'll give you bonus points if you can guess the country. Okay, so I was right? You are right. Okay. Yes, okay. it is a member of the European Council. If you can guess the country, okay. I'll count it as like a blowout win. Mm, okay. I'm and the thinking, more blowout wins, the better chance you have of doing something special. Uh, Olaf. Swedish. Sweden. No, Olaf is German. Oh my gosh. Olaf Schultz. The Schultz, yeah. Okay. Still a solid win for you. Olaf, I think you can be Swedish, right? Probably. Okay. I, I mean, Sweden and Germany and you know, Poland, Australia, or, okay. or uh, not Australia, Austria <laughs> are all uh, right next to each other. Okay, uh, week two. Tyrol Hatton. Who? Tyrol Hatton. T-I-R-E-L? No, T-Y-R-R-E-L-L. What? Wait, what's his last name? Hatton. H-A-T-T-O-N? Yes. I think that's a golfer. 
Tyrrell Hatton is a golfer. Hey, there we go. We're 2-0, oh, baby. You're 2-0. Oh. Come on. He's 22-1 to one to win the uh, Open. Wow, He's a really good how golfer. How do I not know who that is? Yeah. All right, week three. Last non-con game. Wyndham Clark. Oh, that's a golfer. I know who that is. Okay. So you do know who he is. I yeah. know that guy, yeah. He is a golfer. He is 50-1 to one to yeah, win the I've Open. Because he's, he's... Is he Australian? Uh, I don't know where he's from. Oh, okay. To be honest, I was surprised he was uh, down at that. Um, I guess his world ranking, he's yeah, 11th. Yeah, I think he did... But... Well, he did really good in the Masters, I think. Oh, wait. He's the one who just won the U.S. Open. Duh. Oh, he won the U.S. Open? He just won the U.S. Oh, Open. Okay, okay, I just okay, completely okay. blanked that out of my mind for a second. Yeah, so good golfer. So he's 51. That is crazy, though, that you just win the U.S. Open and it's like, I'm still 50 to 1 <laughs> to win it all. All right, that was my FCS game. Yes. All right, week four, you're into your conference part of your season. Carl Kneehammer. <laughs> I should could a, be Nehammer. That's that's a European council guy. Uh, he is a European councilman, yes. Okay, there we go. You want to guess the country? Nehammer? Yeah. Nehammer? I don't even know, to be honest. Carl? Isn't that German, too? Do you want to guess? Do you only get, do you only, how many, do you get one per country? Yes. Okay, so it's not German. Yes. Because the other guy's German. Yes. I'll go Austria with this one. Then. That is correct. Really? Let's go. All right, so that's a blowout win. Bang. That's winning 49-7. So now you're 4-0. You got a blowout win. Yep, we're feeling you're good. You in the top 10. Fans are staying in their back. All right, week five. <laughs> Peter Fiala. Okay, so I just had a blowout win. Now I'm playing Bama. <laughs> I think that's a golfer. Peter Fiala is a European councilman. Yeah, I thought he might be. If I would have told you, if you would have asked me how to spell it, I think it would have given it away, maybe. P-E-T-R on ah. Peter. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's from Norwegian? Czech Republic. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I love the certainty that oh he's Norwegian then. I thought maybe he might be Norwegian. Okay. I don't know. Uh, is that even a popular? Uh, anyway, I don't know. Whatever. Dude, Four I don't one. know, man. <laughs> Four and one. I've never been to Europe. That's all right. You're still doing well. Week six, Taylor Gooch. Oh, that's a golfer. That is a golfer. I've heard of him. I think. Okay. I think. So you know a good I amount of golfers. Gooch. Yeah, he is uh, seventy to one. Okay. To win the Open. Wow, I know more golfers than I thought I did. Okay, congratulations. You're five and one. Okay. Halfway yeah. through the year. Yeah. We're still cooking. ranked right around the top ten. Yeah, we're cooking. Week seven. Brian Harmon. That's gotta be a golfer too, right? Is that a answer or a I'm question? gonna pick golfer, yeah. He is a golfer. Okay. Brian Harmon. Okay. He is uh hundred and ten to one. Wow. Really want some high up high up there odds. All right, you're yeah. six and one. This has been a, a profitable adventure yeah, we're doing for well. you so far. Already bowl eligible. Yeah. We're cooking. Week eight. Metty Fredrickson. <laughs> so is it M E T I? M E T T E. Oh. Hendrickson? Fredrickson. Oh, Fredrickson. That's got to be a European Council person. That is a European Council person. Okay, this guy, Swedish, is actually a woman. Oh. Sorry. From Denmark. Oh my, dude. <laughs> what? Okay, we're seven and one. I apologize for not knowing that was one. <laughs> I don't want anybody to come can to come come after me. You were ranked uh, eighth. 
We'll say. Right well, dude, now. how am I supposed to know what Met Meti? <laughs> what? <laughs> even, how am I supposed to know what that is? Uh, week nine. All right, what am I? I'm eight, seven and one. Seven and one. Okay. And you're uh, four and one in conference play. Russell Henley. Okay, this to me, I think, I think you would expect me to say this is a golfer, but I don't think it's a golfer. Okay. I'm picking European councilman. Would you like to guess what country? Uh, England. Well, the correct answer is a golfer. <laughs> Russell Henley is 125 to one. Dang it! To win the Open. I thought you would try to fool me with that one. Mm-mm. Seven and two. Sometimes your mind plays tricks on yourself. Yeah, no, we tried to. We outsmarted ourselves on that one. Yeah, you're you're ranked like I don't know 13th right now. But seven and two. If you can win out, you might have a chance at the playoff. Just depends. You're gonna need some blowout wins along the way. Yeah. Week ten. Xavier Battelle. Oh, that's a golfer. Xavier Battelle is a European councilman <laughs> from Luxembourg. I really thought that was a, I really Are you thinking of Xander Schauffele? I don't know what I was thinking of. I was thinking of a golfer. <laughs> okay. Let's do straight losses. It sounds like a golfer name. Xavier Battelle. It does. Luxembourg. Uh, that is a tough one because you are now officially out of college football playoff race contention. And you are 7-3. and three. You've lost two straight. But... I don't know if, I if still make the I yeah you can still, 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 still win the title conference title make a New Year's Six Bowl all yep. that sort of stuff yep be a big improvement from last year when you went seven and six <laughs> all right week eleven Joaquin Neiman mm, I'm going council member on this one from Joaquin how do you spell it. Uh, J O A Q U I N. I don't know what is what what yeah, country what? is a Joaquin? Uh, Portugal, Spain. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Could it be Italian? I don't know. Um, yeah, I'll try. I'll just throw something out there. Portugal. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter. It was a golfer. I just wanted <laughs> to send you through that process. Uh, Dude, what? Joaquin Neiman is from Chile. He was actually in the uh, the Netflix series they did. Uh, was it Full Swing? Oh, something like that. Yeah, I didn't watch that. Um, he's a good young player. Really good young player. You've lost three in a row. This is we're your fans apart. were like we're officially back. We're seven and one, ranked we're, eighth so in the country. We're having we're having a Texas season. You have now lost three straight. You are now seven and four. You now even have to just win this. I game might. To, I might be Texas. You be have honest. to win this game and win it in a blowout for me to even put you in the conference title game. No, yeah. That, I mean, I have three conference losses. Yeah. No, you have, you have four. Oh, four conference losses. Actually, I don't even know can if I you even can make it, it in. Yeah, I think we'll I think might about be it. out. We'll think about it. We'll see how you perform here. Week 12, Sahith Thigala. <laughs> okay. That's got to be a councilman. A European councilman. Sahith Thigala is a golfer. <laughs> he uh, has, I believe, Indian descent. Again, a really young player. He was a rookie last year. He also was on full swing. Um... And, uh, yeah, really good, actually, Dude, I, young player. He's 150 to 1, though, in this event. I just collapsed. You completely collapsed. Four straight. I, I actually am going to venture to say, based on the fact <laughs> that you were on the hot seat and then you have now collapsed when everybody got their hopes up. I'm I not think, getting fired. I think you have to win your bowl game. Oh, yeah. To avoid uh, yeah, getting yeah, yeah, fired. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Okay. If I lose the bowl game, so it's all on this. I might get fired. Because then if you, get, if you lose your bowl game, you would have lost five straight 10 the year and your fourth straight bowl game overall. So you have <laughs> to hit your bowl game now. I might get fired. Okay. <laughs> If I was at Auburn, I'd already be fired. <laughs> yes, that is true. All right. For all the marbles, your bowl game.
Nikolai Hojgaard. <laughs> Can I get a spelling? Uh, N-I-C-O-L-A-I. Last name H-O-J-G-A-A-R-D. See, this is I'm unfortunate. Gonna, this is unfortunate that you didn't play in a conference title game because I have two Hoge guards on there. But this is the only one we're going to get to. I'm going to. There's also Rasmus Hojgaard, but this is Nikolai. <laughs> <laughs> I. I. I uh, I'm going to go councilman. I don't know. Nikolai Hojgaard is a golfer. No, he's not. He is. I don't he's agree 150 with that. to 1 to win it all. <laughs> And uh, That's a did, you, did you hear that? What? I, I think somebody just knocked at your door to let oh. you know that uh, you need yeah. to have a conversation gotta, with the AD and the president. <laughs> clean my office yeah. out. Yeah. You just got fired. You have been officially <laughs> fired. It is official. After nine Dude, seasons. First of all, I just want to say, <laughs> in this era of college football, nine seasons, if your name isn't Nick Saban, that nine seasons is great. Very good. That's a, that's a also great Also, though, run. some people are saying that, you know, you had nine seasons. You only made one college football playoff. You went five and four in bowls. How did you last that Dude, long? How, how many teams make the college football playoff anyways? Not that many. I mean, in the last 10 years, it's only been like Bama, Georgia, Clemson, and Michigan, Ohio State, and that's it. Well, the good okay, news so is... It's hard, to make the t- it's hard to make the playoff. The good news is that uh, you, you, you got another job at... Uh, at, I don't know. Can Northwestern hire me? No, there's Power Five. <laughs> uh, you got a job at Charlotte. Okay, that's fine. 49ers. So yeah, you're gonna try to work the program up. Yeah, that's a you good, know make some noise. Oh, that's a good job. Yeah. I'm fine with that. On Power Five, but Although, uh, you I won't be live, making nearly as much money. I have to live in Eastern Time Zone. Also, <laughs> yeah, that's your punishment here. That's your punishment. No that's more. A, that's a disaster. Five straight losses to end the year. That is tough. <laughs> All right. Uh, British Open, open, whatever you want to call it. Later this week, Gary Woodland will be playing in. I think he's going off at like 180 to one, by the way, if you're interested in that. All right. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Uh, this is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We got our RCST replay with David Lesky coming up next on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Well, that's it. If you're listening on our podcast side, thanks for tuning in. Please give us a positive review if your platform allows you to do so, as you can find the show anywhere you get your podcasts with the best of RCST podcast. If you do have any questions for the show, whether it's for a mailbag, just something you think that'd be fun to talk about, you can reach out to us on our Twitter page at RCST1320. You can also email us if you don't have Twitter. RCST1320AM at gmail.com. That's RCST1320AM at gmail.com. And if you want to listen live, 3 to 6 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday on KLWN, KLWN KLWN.com, and the KLWN app. Have a good rest of your day and see you next podcast.